God speaks his word to us today from Exodus chapter 16, Exodus 16, verses 1 through 4. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down from bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. This is the word of the Lord. Isn't it a great morning? Some of you guys have said I seem to be in a better mood than I was last uh, Sunday. If you didn't know, uh, I went to Texas A&M, so I'm an Aggie, which is a cursed life. It's sort of like being a, a Cubs fan. Um, <laughs> Lots and lots of heartbreak. Uh, and, and last uh, Saturday, we, we uh, had one of the bigger upsets of the year, probably the past decade. So last Sunday for me was a tough one. It usually takes me a little while to get over it. And so <laughs> last night at about 11.30, A&M was finishing up a win over a ranked team. So I'm feeling a whole lot better. So uh, yeah, it's, I'm a little bit ridiculous, but here we are. What are you going to do about it? So, um, Okay. Good, good real question for this morning. When was, when was the last time you watched Saturday Night Live? Yeah, right? It's been a while, huh? I, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched it. I, I remember when I used to watch it without fail. Maybe some of you were that way. It used to be one of my favorite shows. Um, but I, I miss the days when it was funny. Um, it used to be really funny. I, I, it, to me, at least, I don't think it's... It's definitely not what it used to be, we'll just say that. And so, uh, you know, different kind of generations of Saturday Night Live, some of you guys may remember. I, I loved the uh, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler uh, time frame of, of Saturday Night Live. That was a good one. Uh, another one of my favorites was a guy named Dana Carvey. And, uh, he, was, he was just, uh, yeah, he's probably my all-time favorite. But uh, he did a skit that probably you remember that I love called The Church Lady. You guys remember The Church Lady? Uh, yeah, there, there's the church lady, right? And he would always say, well, isn't that special? You guys probably remember that. And then his other thing, uh, you know, he'd talk about the, you know, how bad people were. And how did that happen? I don't know. Could it be maybe Satan, right? Uh, classic. So, so good. But um, we could blame it on Satan, right? Uh when you and I sin sometimes, right, is it, is it easy for us or is it correct for us to say, the devil made me do it, right? The devil made me do it. Um, and, and this morning, James is going to help us with, with that question, and he's going to give us uh, an answer, right? When we, when we go through the tests of life, uh, where does it come from? Where do, where, where do these tests come from? And, and is there help to be found in them. And, 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 and further, he'll ask the question, how do we deal with temptation? Uh, so let's pray as we look at those this morning. 
Father, would you speak through your word to us this morning? God, give us your truth. We are thankful for it. Help us to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. So James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 12 through 18. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own, he will, he, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And so we started a series in James uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and James has been teaching us that we need to have the right attitude when it comes to tests and trials, all right? They, they are things that are there to make us grow. Um, it, James would say these are the things that, that, are, that help us. These are, you know, move us. This is how we grow in, in terms of our spiritual maturity, right? Which is, he says, the ultimate goal, right? That we would be mature and complete, not lacking in anything, that's the goal, right? And we've said it's not happiness is the goal, not success is the goal, not wealth as the goal, but maturity. And, and so last week we saw this kind of interesting passage where, where we said, you know, money, both the abundance of it and the lack of it, uh, it it's a test, right? The, the way that we handle money, the way we think about money, our attitude towards money, it's a test, if we think that money is the goal, right, we have our priorities wrong, and we, we need, need wisdom, which he said you can ask for, and God is happy to give it as long as you know what you're asking for and you really want it, right? If you really want the things that will last, not the things of this world, God will give that to us. And so this, this morning, again, I'm going to remind you, James is still kind of talking about the same idea, right, the same subject. We're dealing with tests, we're dealing with persevering through trials. We're dealing with growing, growth, maturity. You know, James is concerned about a lot of different areas of our lives, and, and um, he, 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 he's wanting us to see that every moment is a test. Every day you and I get up, it's a part of this testing process. The way you and I go through this life, the things that we're going to be dealing with, um, they're, they're a test, and we can either grow closer to Jesus through those tests or we can be led away from Jesus. And so that's where we're headed this morning. And, and, and James is going to anticipate the person who's having questions during all of this, right? Why, why is God breathing tests to us? And, 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 and is God bad, right? Is, is God evil if he's putting these, these tests and temptations in front of me? Is God the evil one? And I, I want to look at our first two verses again. Because that's, that's what James is, has on his mind, right? So he says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. 
And let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So verse 12 is, is this great verse, right? It's a, a reminder as James is, is talking through all these different types of, of tests and trials that, that those who persevere, right, that those who grow on to maturity will receive this crown of life, right? That's the goal. That's where we're headed. Eternal life, that's what we want. We can endure because we know it will be worth it. I, I, I really like driving. Um, I like taking long road trips. It's, it's kind of something Beth and I have always had in common. Uh, we enjoy it, right? And, and if you live in Texas, if you're from Texas, anywhere you go is a long road trip. There's no such thing as a short trip in Texas, right? Um, you know, we, we, there's kind of a joke, right? Six hours is, is kind of for us the radius of uh, just a short day trip or past that, right? If it's under six hours, nah, not a big deal. It's doable. Let's go. Um, so, anyway, I, I always love, like, the last hour of, of one of those r- kinds of road trips, right? Maybe you know the feeling, right? We're, we're getting close. We're almost there. Like, we can kind of start to imagine what it's going to be like once we're there, right, and getting out of the car and, and all of that, right? We can feel this excitement. Uh, our trip up here was, was, was a really long trip. It was beyond six hours. We'll just say that. Um, and, and uh, you know, we were pulling a U-Haul. We were going really slow, and, and Iowa is not much to look at for, you know, lots of it. Uh, you start to see the same things over and over, right? Um, anyway, you start to feel like we're never going to get there. But we finally made it out of Iowa, right? And when you do, you cross the river, right? And we're seeing the Mississippi River, and you're starting to think, hey, we might actually make it, right? All this driving is, we're excited, it's going to pay off because we're finally going to get there, right? That's what James is kind of talking about, this, this excitement, right? Don't forget why, where you're headed. Don't forget we're almost there. Just keep going, right? That excitement of getting there, that's, that's what's there to help us. And, and, and he knows that there's, there are times where, where we're going to say something like, why is God putting me through this? Right? Or why did God give me this temptation? And so James is going to tell us something very important. And that is that God tempts no one. Okay? Big time remembering kind of a thing. God tempts no one. You remember what our passage in the Old Testament was just a second ago, right? Remember what it said, right? The Israelites have come out of Egypt. Um, they've crossed over they've, you know, the sea. They've done all that stuff. And, it says, and then God's going to test them. Right? Because they started grumbling, right? They were, God is, he, he's terrible to us, right? He's, he's mistreating us. He just brought us out here to starve to death. And we used to be so great back in Egypt, and we had these giant pots of meat, and we ate all that we wanted to, which is impossibly not true, right? They're thinking about the bad old days as the good old days. Um, and so he says, I'm going to test you, right? And, and he sends manna from heaven. It's going to come every day, but just enough for the day. And he says, look, are you going to be thankful, number one? Or, and two, are you going to try to hoard it because you don't trust me? And, 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 and you guys know that story, right? Anybody who would, who would keep it, right, it would, it would make them sick. It would turn to maggots and all kinds of stuff, right? It was not meant for more than just a day because he wanted to test them so that they would, be, they would trust him for tomorrow's bread. This brings us to our first point for the morning, and that is God brings tests not temptations, right? God does bring tests to us. It's clearly there in Exodus 16. He says, I'm going to test them, right? I'm going to test them. 
He's not bringing temptations, though. He's bringing tests. God cares a lot about developing us, developing us, and he will bring hard things into our lives. Not because he hates us, not because he wants to torture us, but because he, know, he, he, he loves us and he knows that those things are going to bring out the best. They're going to draw us closer to him, which is the ultimate good. Uh, my, my wife has been helping out in, in the high school um, doing math, and, um, and, and it's fun at the end of the day kind of getting to hear her talk about uh, that and, and you know, getting, helping kids get ready for a test and stuff like that. And, and I, I'll just say that math was not my favorite subject, okay? I was, I was geared more for some other subjects. Math, I just had to get by. That was kind of my mentality, right? Um, but do you think, with that kind of mentality, do you think that I ever would have learned math on my own? I ever sat down and said, you know what, I really want to learn whatever, right? Beth would be like, oh, we were studying the, some Chinese word to me <laughs> that they studied that day. I'm like, I don't even remember that. What are you guys talking about? But I learned it at some point in my life. How do you think that happened? Because I wanted to? Because I was tested. Because I was pushed, right? If there's no test coming... There's not a motivation. There's not anything for us to grow towards. There is a purpose in tests. We get practice. We get practice. We get repetition to pass the test. That's why they're there. Getting ready for a test, going through a test, that's what helps us prepare. That's what helps us mature. Are tests evil? Depends on if you ask high school kids, but... No, right? They're actually just a neutral thing, right? And, and James is clear that God brings tests. He'll put trials in our lives, but he does not tempt. So where does temptation come from? Well, let's look at our next verse there. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death, right? Sort of the sin cycle. Where does it start? starts with us. And so this is our second point of the morning, if you're keeping track, right? First, God brings tests, not temptations. And then second is this. Temptation comes from inside us. It comes from us. What turns a test or a, a trial into a temptation? The way that we react to it, I guess, is, is probably the, the easiest way to say it, right? You and I have desires inside of us. God gives us desires. Desires by themselves aren't necessarily a bad thing, right? How do, what makes it a sin? It's the way that we react to those desires. It's not sinful to have a desire for food. When does it become sin? When we are willing to go a, around God, to go past God, to, do, to find that in a way he's asked us not to. When we want something too much and we make the, the getting of it about us, right? When it becomes a selfish thing, that's where it starts to turn into a sin, right? And this, this is a, a similar thing that we see like in, in Romans chapter 1, right? Where it says God gave all these great gifts, but humans distorted those good gifts. And instead of saying, hey, thanks God, and we'll, we'll, we will enjoy these gifts the way you've asked us to and want us to in a way that's good for us, we're going to pursue the gifts only and not you, right? We're going to make the gift 
the idol, and that's all we care about, the desires of the things. That's all we're going to care about. We will serve ourselves at all costs. We, des- we turn desires into idols, right? And you can fill in the blank with your own, right? It- it's interesting that we're all, our desires turn into temptations in different ways and have different kinds, right? There are things that I'm tempted by that wouldn't bother a lot of you, there, and, and vice versa, right? But they boil down to pursuing those things in our own way, in a selfish, sinful way. That's where it goes wrong. I've told you before, I'm a terrible fisherman. I like trying. I spend time at it. I'm just not uh, very good. Um, I I heard somewhere once that honest men make terrible fishermen. So maybe, maybe that's why, maybe that's why I'm such a bad fisherman, right? It's, I'm just too pure of heart. Um, Makes me, that makes me feel a little bit better, right? What, what's the point of fishing, right? You can't catch fish with honesty. Come out there and wait in the water say, come here, buddy. Come here, come see me. I'm going to catch you, right? That doesn't work, does it? How do you catch fish? You got to trick them. You got to deceive them, right? You have to entice them to chase your hook. You have to get them on a hook, right? You have to convince them that what you have is what they want and that it's perfectly safe, right? They can't, be, they can't suspect that you're up to no good. All the while, you're luring them in, right? In fact, that's what we call the thing, right? We call it a lure. Verse 14 says that we are lured by our own desires, there may be a million lures out there that are useful, or, sorry, useless to you, right? They wouldn't work to catch you. A million things that, w- that we couldn't tempt you with. But if I find the right lure, if I find the right lure, you're going to be tempted. And we all have our own. I, I think it's important for us to be mindful of, of those things. I think it's important for us to, to be self-aware of, of, of the lures that get us. I can't go that way because I know the inevitable outcome, right? I've got to stay clear of that lure, right? It catches me every time, right? Growth and maturity come from learning about our, our, own, our own weaknesses in terms of our desires and temptations, Practically speaking, part of the maturing process is having a better defense, right? You don't catch giant fish with a cane pole and a piece of corn on the bank, do you? No, because the fish that got big are much smarter than that, right? They live in the places that nobody wants to go. They figured out our plans and our schemes, and you got to get better and better to catch the big ones, huh? You and I have been lured and caught in sin before. And are we willing to learn and be wiser from those things? Okay, so James is now going to just kind of flip the idea around and go to our next verses there. So verse 16, don't be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And I love this, and I'm so glad that James is going to stop here and remind us of this. 
You know, basically he has just said, look, God doesn't tempt. God doesn't do anything evil. Evil and temptation come from your own sinful heart, right? That's where it comes from. And so I'm going to take that one more step, right? And he says, look, in fact, don't you dare be deceived, right? Don't you dare blame God for your sins because every good and perfect gift is from him. It's a gift from God. And there's so much to unpack here, but, but the point is the goodness of God, right? The goodness. Do you remember what happened in the Garden of Eden, right, with the serpent? What was his, what was his tactic, ta- sorry, tactic to entice Adam and Eve, right? He showed them some, some thing that was good, but there were millions of good things in the garden, right? Everything was good and pleasant, but there was this one. And what did he say? God's holding out on you. He, he didn't give you this one? Ah, gosh, I don't know if I'd trust that God. He may not be as good as you think he is. Maybe he's got bad motives for you. He doesn't have the best in mind for you, right? That's, the, that's where he went, right? That was the tactic. Pursue your own desires because you know what's best for you. Don't listen to him. If we look at our Exodus 16 passage, right? The people were grumbling against God in the desert. It said they complained, right? Basically, they said, God's plan is terrible. What is he thinking bringing us out here? He's trying to kill us. He's not wanting to help us and save us. He's trying to kill us. Dang God. We had it better way back there. They sinned as they questioned the goodness and the character of God. And James is going to try to head that off right here. He says, don't you dare question the goodness of God. Everything that's good is from him. That's our third point. Everything good is from him. And God is good. This is so important, right? And if we just could remember this all the time, we we really wouldn't struggle with sin that much. We would stay away from sin. If we we could remember this, there would be no idolatry, right? Because we wouldn't want anything else more than we want God. No, I know God is good and he's the best. I don't need that. We wouldn't be tempted to live for fame or success or riches because we would want God more than all of those things, right? Than to, to serve the pride in our hearts. If we remembered that God's gifts are the best gifts, we wouldn't covet other people's lives or things, We wouldn't covet for a different relationship because we would remember that the one that God has given us is best, and that's what he wants for us. We wouldn't be tempted to cope in our lives through abuse of any substance or activity, right? Because we could trust in the character of God more than our hard circumstances. Say, well, I just need this to get by. No, I need God's goodness and his character to get by. See, every time we complain about something, we are essentially questioning the goodness of God. Right? This situation is bad, and God should have done it differently. God should have done it better. I shouldn't be dealing with this. God messed up. That's what we're saying when we complain. And what James is saying here, he says, don't be deceived like our first parents were. Right? Pursue something more than God because we forget who he is. Don't do that. Don't forget who he is and pursue that other thing as better. 
you guys maybe remember, you know, don't drink, smoke, or chew, or date girls that do. Is that a Texas statement, or did you guys get that one? Okay, right? Don't drink, smoke, or chew, or date girls that do, right? It's a helpful thing to remember, right? But that's not really that helpful when we're talking about dealing with temptation, of just, just don't do it, right? What's more helpful is the character of God. When I, when I had been uh, playing guitar for a couple of years, uh, I, I figured out the guitar that everybody wanted, right? The one that was best, and this is debatable, but the one that was best was called a Taylor guitar, right? That's the brand. It's like the Mercedes of having a guitar, right? It, it, was, uh, it was a Taylor. Now, please understand, I, I wasn't good enough then, and I'm still not good enough now to deserve one. But that's beside the point, right? Because we want what we want. And anyway, so I, I, I kind of made this goal. I'm gonna get, I, I want to I, I get a nice Taylor guitar, right? And, and I finally saved up enough money on the, you know, kind of this crummy youth pastor's uh, wages, right? I saved enough money, and, and I finally got one. I got the one that I wanted. I was in love. I was my baby. I think maybe there's a picture of a Taylor guitar. They're just, oh, it's beautiful. Just look at that thing. Beautiful beautiful. I was in love. It was the nicest thing that I owned. And I remember one night I was hanging out with a couple of guys playing or whatever, and this guy approached me. He was like, hey, dude, uh, look at this awesome guitar that I have, right? And he's trying to tell me how cool his guitar is. And he was like, you know, I guess I might be willing to trade you. I'll trade you guitars. And I laughed out loud, right? Are you kidding me? Right? His dumpy guitar didn't hold a candle to mine. Mine was amazing, and his was, in my mind at least, a piece of junk. Was I, was I tempted to, to make that trade? No, not even close, not for a second. Why? Because I knew what I had, right? I had exactly what I wanted. I didn't want anything else. I had what I wanted, right? And you can play that out in every situation of your life and get the point, right? Sin is wanting something other than God. Pursuing something better than God, right? Pursuing something inside of what God wants for me, right? When, when do I fall in temptation, into temptation? When do I fall into sin? When I start to question that God is good, when I forget that God is good, when I forget that God is enough, that what God has for me is the best. If, if, you, if you and I will remember that God, right, the Father of lights is the best thing and that every good and perfect gift is from above, then temptation has no chance to hook us. It's not a desirable lure. I already have what I want. When we focus on the goodness of God, we can avoid temptation and persevere through the tests of life. Let's pray. Father, would you work in our hearts so that we could say, all I want is you. You are the best. Would you remind us that your gifts are good and perfect? That the way you have us, the place you have us in our lives, it's where you want us to be. It might not be the easiest, but it's the best because you want something more for us. God, help us not to question that. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.